Hi, I am thankful that you've joined us for worship today, that, that we're going to dive into God's word. We're going to share in communion. I want you to know you're valuable. One of our core values that we're diving into today to unpack is this. We value all people. And, and that flows right out of our mission. I hope you've seen it around. Hope changes everything. And, and that hope is, is contagious when we live out our mission. And the mission is threefold, to love God, love people, and to serve all. When we do that, people respond to the hope of Christ. They, they, they are attracted to the good news of Jesus, that he died for us so we can be made new in him. I want to ce celebrate three people that recently did that. First page, Matthias was recently baptized by Eris, and I got to witness that. Congratulations, Paige. I want to say congratulations to your family as well. We're excited for, for your step of faith. Also, Dee talked about this uh, young couple last week. Mike and Tammy are, uh, are a couple that's engaged to be married, and, and Dee began to meet with them about marriage. Hal Langham introduced them to Dee, and you heard Hal testify about that. And um, they began to ask questions about Jesus. And Dee shared with them the good news, and they accepted Christ as their Savior completely, and they were also baptized. And it's just something to be celebrated that God is doing amazing things in the midst of this time of uncertainty. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives us an example that we should follow. Jesus says this, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Guys, I want to remind you, we can praise God because he is still at work. He's still drawing people to him. He's still saving people almost every day right here, even in Greenville. That not only one person repented of their sins and, and turned to Jesus, but three have done that recently. Praise God for that. The man that, that D led to the Lord recently and, and accepted Christ as Savior, his name was Mike. And Mike told Hal and D recently, and I heard this from D firsthand, Mike said this. He said, thank you for caring enough to tell us about Jesus. And Mike was saying, as we start our marriage out, as we, as we plan to spend the rest of our life together, guys, thank you for caring enough to, to set our foundation on what really matters. Thank you for caring enough to, to save our soul, not just to send us off in marriage. Guys, the world needs the hope of Jesus now more than ever. My question is to you, do you care enough about people to tell them about Jesus? To show them the hope of Jesus? Because hope changes everything. Here's the hope we have in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Paul says this, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That, that is the gospel. While we were lost in darkness and sin, headed to hell, God had enough value for you and, and saw your potential enough because he created you to say, I'm going to send my son to redeem them, to save them. Man, I, I pray that gives you hope. If you've never heard that before, that God loves you enough, it's true. Jesus said this way in John 3, 16, probably the most famous Bible verse of all time. For God so loved the world. You can put your name in there. For God so loved Tammy. For God so loved Sue. Whatever your name is. For God so loved you, the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God values you. We value you. We value all people. That's easy to say, but it's hard to do. It's hard to live out. I could sit here all day long and talk about it, but we need to put it into action. So one way that I want to, to help uh, the people that we love and we value right now is to pray for them. The Loman family and the Siebert family are going through a, such a tragic time with the accident. I want to lift them up in prayer right now. Uh, during this time, also pray for someone that you know that's hurting, but let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for life. We thank you that you loved us enough to send your son that even no matter what we face in the most tragic moments that we can trust you, that we have hope through Jesus, that, 
that we're saved, not because we're good, but because you are great. And the gospel says that Jesus died so we, we might live. Father, be right now with uh, the Lowen family and the Siebert family. Give them your peace during this tragic time. We pray for your will to be done, for your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that you continue to lift up those around you that you are hurting because this world is messed up. Uh, people all the time are devalued. They're discriminated against. There is injustice everywhere. This week, I, it, it sickens me to see some of the things of injustice done uh, based on race, based on politics. Guys, we need to stop that and value people. Just stop it. Quit putting people down based on an opinion, based on the way they look, and lift them up because when we lift up others, God is glorified. When, when we bow down to serve others, uh, Jesus and his name is lifted up because that's what he did. But how do you value all people? How do you get it done? You can't just talk about it. We need to learn from the life of Jesus. So turn with me in your Bible to Mark chapter 5, and we're going to look at three people today that God valued. Turn with me to Mark chapter 5. In this passage today, we're going to see three very different people that Jesus loves. He takes time to, to value. He actually goes out of his way, especially for this first one. I pray that you feel loved and valued in the fact that we're kind of going out of the way to make sure we're meeting the needs of everyone during this time. We're going to stay online, and I, I love that you're here. We're going to try to develop things to do on site. We're going to stay on the radio, and all of you are valued. Whether you wear a mask or no mask, whether you're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, you're valuable, male or female valuable. A Greenville grad or, or you're like me and you're an, uh, a transplant from somewhere else, you're valuable. Whether you're rich or poor, whether you're a Cardinal fan or you're a Cardinal fan, hope you get that. It's just a joke. No, no, really, no matter your preferences, no matter what you're doing in life, you have value before God. God loves you and so do, do we at Greenville First Christian Church. And in Mark chapter 5, we see these very different people being loved by Jesus. Jesus took the time to get into lives. As we pick up this chapter, we see that Jesus has just calmed um, the Sea of Galilee. It's an amazing miracle. So he's kind of floating off, and, and they head to, I think under Jesus' guidance, from what I can tell, to, to the region of the Gerasenes. And, and this region was known as an unclean region religiously. If you were a Jew, you're like, stay out of there. If you're a Jewish leader, uh, it's one of the places you're probably not going to go. And yet Jesus, the Son of God, says, I want to go there because I want to show value to this man that he's about to meet. Look with me to, to what we see here about this man in chapter 5, verse 2. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This guy had, had an evil spirit. We're going to see later he had many evil spirits in him. Uh, but he's probably screaming. The Bible said he's naked. He's bleeding. He's probably foaming at the mouth. This is a guy no one wants to do anything with. And yet, what are we going to see Jesus do with this guy? Look at verse 6. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of Most High? Swear to God that you will not torture me. This guy from the beginning is like, Jesus, I know we're at odds with each other. I know what is in me is evil and what is in you is of God. You, you are God and do not torture me. What an amazing thing. And I love what Jesus says to the, to the gentleman who is filled with these, this evil. Look at verse 8 and 9. Where Jesus had said to him, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus said to him, What is your name? I want you to catch this. Don't overlook this. He says, What is your name? 
Jesus took the time to ask this crazy man who, who no one had probably encountered for years. Everybody knew his name. He was the crazy man. And Jesus says, hey, what's your name? I want to get to know you. The guy goes on to say, my name is Legion, for we are many. He, he's confessing there's, there's many spirits in him. Jesus goes on to cast those spirits out into pigs. This man was instantly and miraculously changed by the power of Jesus. Uh, this, just with the voice of Jesus spoken, these pigs were overcome by this evil, uh, these evil spirits, and, and they were uh, kind of thrown over. They jumped over the, the cliff, and, and, and they fell to their death. And here's the interesting thing. This gentleman's uh, life was changed forever because Jesus took the time to reach out, and yet the local people were perplexed. Look what it says in chapter 5, verse 14 through 17. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man. And they told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Did you catch what happened in the story? It's an exciting story, but it's also a frustrating story. This guy's life is changed by the miraculous power of Jesus, and yet the townspeople come back and look at Jesus. This guy's got clothes on, he's in his right mind, and they're mad because their pigs are dead. They cared more about their pigs than this person. They wanted their own satisfaction more than someone's soul being saved, and it makes me sick. You might be like, how could that be? But if we're not careful, we're the same way. It happens to us sometimes. We often want our, our, what we want before we even consider what someone else may need. I want to encourage you to think of the needs of others, to, to hold them up to a higher value than even yourself. That follows the example of Jesus. This man, after his life to change, he, he says, I want to go with you, Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, why don't you stay here, share your testimony with your family and friends, and there'll be a dad come back. Here's the beautiful thing. The Bible tells us later that this man goes and gives his testimony to the Decapolis, that literally means 10 cities. So he went around to 10 cities and shared his testimony. They knew about him. They're like, man, this is amazing. And then when Jesus returns, thousands of people are ready to listen to him. They're like, we want to know about you, Jesus, that, that you cared enough about this man to spend time with him, to wonder his name. I wonder if you would do the same. Too often we want to value the things that we desire and things we want well before we're concerned about someone else being saved. Here's one of the principles I want you to live out so we can do this. Value people by looking to God's miraculous power, not their mess. We need to look at God's miraculous power in someone's life and what it can do rather than the mess. But to be honest, a lot of people's lives seem too messy to, to really have a breakthrough. Uh, we, we, we encounter people all the time. They're, they're just so uh, distraught. They're so down. We're like, God, I don't know what I can do. Maybe their need is so high. You think there's nothing I can do to make a difference. We need to remember at that moment that God's miraculous power goes before us. Some people you encounter, you just, you just want to be done with. You're, you're just over it right now. A lot of them are in your own family. For example, I don't know how many of you are like our family, but, but on any given night, someone may in the middle of supper say, who's breathing so hard? We're just kind of frustrated with people around. I, I want you to know there are times when we get... Uh, fed up with people. We, we, we would rather uh, just be alone than spend time with someone that's kind of on our nerves. And, and many of you are in, encountering people that, that you'd rather avoid. You know, they say all the wrong things. They're just difficult to be around. God is calling you to love that type of person that has a messy life. 
D. Arms, our associate pastor, has told me a number of times since he's been here, he's reminded me, Tyson, EGR, EGR, EGR means extra grace required. If someone's life is messy, uh, offer them extra grace. Know that the, the miraculous power of Jesus can change your life. Uh, most of the times they will be people that are uh, always negative. Maybe they're always having drama around. They're, they're the type of person that maybe it's a neighbor that no one wants to, to spend time with. Maybe it's a relative who just gets under your skin. It may be that person on Facebook that only wants to talk about politics or their puppies. And you're like, I've had enough. Extra grace is required in the love of God and the miraculous power that he offers can change their life. That's your assignment today, your first assignment. Find someone in your life that, that is a mess, that most people running around, no one even wants to hear their name, and take some time to say, hey, what's your name? And if you know the name, uh, what's going on in your life? Ask them questions. Spend time with them and bring value to your life, and, and they will be drawn to Jesus, and God can do miraculous things in their life. Value people by looking at God's miraculous power, not their mess. I want you to meet another person that Jesus takes time to value in this passage. He's totally different than the demon-possessed man. Let's look at it in verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over the, by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter's dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she may be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. This guy was totally different. Instead of being a basket case and full of demons, this was a religious leader. He was a man of power. And I want you to see Jesus goes and spends time with him. So what an important thing to do to show you value someone. And that's one of the hard things during COVID-19 and the crisis. We've not been able to be with one another. I want you to really start looking for opportunities to be with each other. Go the extra mile. Jesus could have blown off Jerry's here. He knew full well that as a religious leader, it was kind of uh, uh, looked down upon to be with Jesus. They had kind of made a camp to say, uh, Jesus uh, is out. And if you go be with him, you're out. He could have said, well, if you want help, why don't you go to one of your rabbis? He could have made all these excuses. But Jesus said, no, I'm going to go be with you. That's the next point that I want you to, to live out as we value people. Value people by sharing the hope of Jesus with them not waiting for someone else to. Too much of the time we'll say, well, this person can do it or that person can do it. I've done all these things. That's not what Jesus does here. He could have said, hey, look, I've already had a battle with demons today. I'm kind of worn out. Why don't I send uh, Thomas or Peter or one of the other disciples? No, Jesus, I'll go be with you. Who do you need to be with today? I had a gut check, a challenge of that this week in the midst of preparing the sermon and making preps with uh, various uh, problems and, and things uh, for the outdoor service and just continuing things in ministry. I had a friend of mine call. His name's Josh. And I realized I hadn't seen or talked to Josh since the beginning of this. And Josh said, man, no one's come to see me. And, and I don't know how many people he sees on a regular basis, but he's in a, a group facility here, right here in Greenville. And so I went to see him. And Josh just needed a friend. He, he hadn't been out of his home uh, since the beginning of this crisis. His phone has recently uh, lost service, so he wasn't able to connect on social media. And he was hurting and needing to be with someone. Here, here's a message for Josh right here. Hey, it's Josh here. Miss everybody. I am so thankful for Josh. Who do you need to go see today? 
And instead of even listening to the rest of the sermon, this may be exactly what you need to hear. Maybe you need to get out, maybe across the street, go across the hall, wherever you're at. And if you know someone who's hurting because they need to be with someone, be that person. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to, uh, to just make a phone call to someone else. Say, hey, I, I'd like to spend some time with you. Uh, follow Josh's lead. But many of you can be that person to go and be a friend to a guy like Josh. Man, I love you, Josh. I hope you get to hear this. You're valuable. And we love you. So much of the time, we think we're too busy. We don't slow down enough to be with person. But Jesus did. Value people by sharing the hope of Jesus with them, not waiting for someone else to. I want you to meet one more person in this text that Jesus took the time to value, to love. Very different from that first demon-possessed man, and an almost exactly opposite of this uh, religious leader who would have been seen as clean in the eyes of God, according to the Jews. This woman was unclean, according to them, because she had a physical problem that made her unclean, that made her an outcast, according to the people. But Jesus loved her. Look what it says here in chapter 5, starting with verse 24. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. She had been bleeding for 12 years, and the problem here with this is, if you were a woman and had bleeding like this, it meant you were unclean. You couldn't care for your family. You couldn't really even be around people. You were an outcast. This was a paralyzing problem. And, and while this man had asked him that was very uh, re religiously high regarded, Jesus says, wait, I'm going to stop and, and, and take care of this woman who was hurting. Her life was full of problems. She lived in isolation. Jesus could have kept going, but at this moment, he slowed down to, to meet the needs of this woman who had lifelong problems, but he wanted her to see her potential in Christ, in the Lord. That's the thing that we should do. Here's, here's the value I want you to live out. Value people by focusing on their potential, not their problems. Say that again. I want you to value people focused on their potential, not their problems. Notice what Jesus says to her. Look at verse 30 and 31. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciple answers. And yet you ask, Who touched me? I want you to see this almost a funny situation here. There are people all around him and Jesus says, Who touched me? Jesus had been touched time and time again, but the touch of this woman, uh, power had left him, and he sensed it. And he knew exactly who had done it. He, he knew uh, as he turned around, but she, he wanted her to admit the need that she had had. The disciples were like, what are you talking about, Jesus? You're in this crowd, and you've been touched from the moment we entered. People are pressing in all around. This would have been a crowd like you see on the documentary uh, about Michael Jordan. You know, as he and the dream team move around in the Olympics, there was crowds everywhere. He, he was mobbed everywhere he went. He was always being touched. It would have been like the, the streets of St. Louis after the Blues won the cup. It'd be like uh, the Ozarks on Memorial Day. There were people everywhere. It was crazy. And the disciples were like, how in the world are you telling me that you know someone touched you? You get my point. It, it was out of control. And the disciples are like, how did you do this? But look at verse 32. Look what Jesus says. 
But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. All three people fell at his feet. The, the demon-possessed man, uh, Jairus, and now this woman fell at Jesus' feet. They, they were declaring that, that they were putting their hands in him. Trembling with fear, he told the whole, she told the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I, I want you to know what he said to her. Daughter. Daughter, your faith has healed you. She hadn't been spoken to with that type of compassion for years. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Jesus is saying two main things here. As he says, daughter, to this woman, I believe he's declaring that, that he is God. Even though he's uh, definitely a man in the flesh, he's, he's declaring that, that I have the ability to call you daughter because I am the father. The father and I are one. He's also letting this woman know that she's in the family. For years, she had been outcast. She had been seen unclean. But Jesus is acknowledging, you have been freed from your mess, from your problems, and now your potential is real in Christ. You can now live life to the full. You can go and cook again. She couldn't even cook before this point. She could walk with a friend. She could uh, be with her family. If she had a husband, she could sleep with him again. But most importantly, she was a part of the family and could worship God like a, a brother and sister in Christ. She went from unclean to clean. She went from being locked down the physical problems to having a beautiful potential in Christ. Because of Jesus, so can you. And we need to live out that value. We need to value people by focusing on their potential, not their problem. Jesus sees the potential in you today. Right now, right here, uh, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what physical problems what you've had, no matter what spiritual problems you're going through, no matter what sin is controlling your life right now, if you're ready to fall on your knees like we see this woman do, like we see Jairus do, and the, the demon-possessed man do, if you submit to Jesus, you can be freed of your problems. And your potential in Christ is higher than I can explain to you with words. Your value is greater than, than you've ever imagined. What a, what a great testimony of these three people. I pray that you no longer focus on your problems, but come to the feet of Jesus and say, I need your help. We need to share that promise with others. Right now, I want you to practice it, whether you're at home or in your car or out in the garage. Find someone to say, I see your potential. If you believe that we all have potential in Christ, share that with others. Use that hashtag on someone else's wall. Uh, put, it, put it on their social media account. Uh, Say, I see your potential. Do it in person. Uh, do it all over the internet. We need to, to flood the world with the potential of Jesus Christ. He overcomes the problems that we face, especially sin. Man, that's good news. Jesus had changed these, these people. Remember Jairus' daughter? Jesus had impacted uh, the, the man possessed by demons. He had also now impacted uh, this woman who had been healed from bleeding. But Jairus' daughter is still dying. Jesus remembered. Look, look what it says in the text. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus was, saw commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said, Why all this commotion and wailing? This child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. Can you believe that? These people actually laughed at Jesus. 
But, but how crazy with this, but this, this girl in every instance that they could imagine was dead. And yet Jesus said, she's just sleeping. And they're like, this can't be, even though they want it to be true. They're like, this guy is crazy. And yet I love what Jesus does here. He, he goes to the little girl and he says this, little girl, I say to you, get up. I want you to know Jesus is ready to take your hand today. And he's saying, get up from your problems, from your mess, from your uncertainty, from, from the, the, the life you're leading that's actually headed to death. Get up and begin to live because he values you. He loves you. Whether you're rich or poor, whether you're demon-possessed or you're already a daughter of God, whether you're male or female, whether you're clean or unclean, whether you're black or white, whether you're caught in sin and dead, head to hell, or you're already alive in Christ, you have value. Hold on to his hand. Ask him for help and begin to share that hope. Begin to be help to others to, to find Jesus. How do we do that? I want to remind you. We start by looking to God's miraculous power and not their mess. We do this by sharing the hope of Jesus and not waiting for someone else to. We do it by focusing on their potential and not their problems. The next time you encounter someone that needs a little extra grace, a, that, that's hard to deal with, be like Jesus to them. Love on them. Show them their value and their worth. And you will give them hope. And that hope changes everything. Maybe today you've realized that you're the person that's a mess. Maybe you've got problems. Maybe you've realized you're headed to death without Christ. Fall on your knees like we see all three of these people do and submit to Him. Cry out to Him. Let us know you're ready to take the next step with Christ. Send me an email this week. Uh, call us on the phone. Write us a letter. Uh, stop by the office. We're, 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 we're beginning to be open. Some way, reach out to someone and say, I want to take the next step to Jesus. But most of all, right now, fall on your knees and say, God, I need your help. Because I want the hope of Jesus Christ in my life. And we all believe together at First Christian Church that hope changes everything.